if you love to eat as much as we do here on the Kevin and Taylor Show, you're going to love hearing the latest in the world, world of, of food. food. First, Gordon Ramsay is developing a new show for Fox called Idiot Sandwich. <laughs> it's a sandwich making competition, obviously. I could win that. I could win that one. Second, Garth Brooks celebrated his wife Trisha Yearwood's birthday by baking her a cake. The first cake he'd ever made. Wow. He was shocked it actually tasted good, and Trisha said it was the sweetest birthday gift how he's you, ever given how her. How do you get to be Garth years old and you've never baked a cake? I know a lot of men who have never baked a cake. Not even like helping your mom when you were my a kid. Husband's, Does that count? I can guarantee if we called him now, I guarantee my husband's never baked a cake. I don't think he's ever opened a cake mix and wow. added oil and butter or I was so egg and forward thinking as a young man I had an easy bake oven so my first <laughs> first cake ever baked was probably about eight years old Kevin, my, my Kevin dad was horrified <laughs> Kevin the eight-year-old renaissance man. that's right I got and, I got for Christmas that year an easy bake oven and an evil Knievel finally in the world of food this gives brand new meaning to ice cream you scream we all scream for ice cream a truck was hauling ice cream on the Pennsylvania Turnpike when it was hit by another truck, lost control, overturned, and spilled ice cream everywhere. It made the road so slick, the road had to be closed for six hours while they cleaned up the ice cream. Hmm. Wow. Man, I wonder how many people got out and thought, you know, I got a, they got spoons. I could really <laughs> help them with this, right? So I'm a dad. I got four kids. Been doing the dad thing for quite a while. And I'm not an expert, but I have picked up a few things along the way. I've done some things right, done some things wrong. And there's one thing that I did right that especially if you have little kids and they say they're having trouble mm, fessing up to something or telling the absolute truth or you think something might be going on, but you're not sure. I have the question to ask them that will get them to talk next. So um, if you're a parent... Uh, I have a hashtag pro tip for you. I've raised four kids, so I'm not a, I, I think I'm an expert on what to do right and what not to do. Made plenty of mistakes, but this is one thing you can do. It's a skill you have to cultivate, and this is when you're suspicious that your kids are up to something or maybe something's going on in their life and they're just not telling you about it, but you're pretty sure something's up and you want to know. Find them at a moment, like when they're like in their room, you know, by themselves, and maybe they're sitting on their bed and they got their tablet out watching a movie or they're on Insta or something. You're like, hey, you got a minute? We can chat for a sec. Sit down on their bed and just look at them. And you have to be comfortable with silence. Just look at them and say this sentence. It's a question. Is there something you need to tell me? And just let it hang. Mm. Don't fill in the silence. Here, we'll practice. Is there something you need to tell me? And they'll sit there for a minute looking at you like, what do they know? <laughs> they'll think you're on, on to something. But if there is something going on, what I found with my kids is that's usually when the dam will burst and they'll be honest and they'll tell you exactly what's, what's going on. There Not 100% of the time, but if they really need somebody to talk to, they might just need the setting and the opportunity and everything else. To be able to open up. The other thing I've heard from psychologists, I'm not a parent, so I, I, I'm i just an armchair parent, um, is if you are sitting side by side in a car or walking outside mm-hmm. side by side, oh, yeah. they're more likely to open up. Oh, yeah. Get your, it's not face to face. If you've got errands to run tomorrow, refuse to go by yourself. Make your kid go with you. And yeah, they totally will open up. Totally will open up because you. Do, I, I'm not a fan of that idea. What do they call it? Quality time. Quality time happens because of quantity time. And the more time you can spend with them, 
the more they're going to you know open up and, and talk to you and tell them what's going on. Something I think that you learn when you have kids is that uh, kids are weird. <laughs> you know what kids learn? Parents are weird, right? But everybody's got weirdness to them. And kids, some of their weirdness comes out with their eating habits, what they will eat, what they won't eat, how they prefer things to be done. We're going to talk about that. We'd love to hear from you. Do you or your kids have anything that other people think, well, that's just weird in, in how you eat something? We'd love to hear from you. Hey, Allie, we're talking about weird eating habits. Maybe you have one. Maybe your kids do. What's going on with you guys? I don't like eating fried food. I don't know why. But for some reason, I'll order something fried, but then take the batter off because I like the way it makes the food taste. <laughs> <laughs> that is meticulous. That takes a while to yes. have some fries. Josh, how about you? Do you or your kids have some weird eating habits? It's definitely me. I will take Coke and a loaf of bread and dump the bread in Coke and eat it. What? No. You you get is mushy sweet bread. We're trying to go healthy. It's Coke Zero and wheat bread. But regular, (laughs) just white bread and regular Coke. So uh, the last guy that called in was kind of weird because of what he's putting on his bread. What was it, Coke? He's, he's dipping his bread in, in Dousing Coke. it, yeah. He's like mushy bread. Mm. Uh, my son does something exactly the opposite, and I think he still does this. Uh, he would eat, when he was a kid, dry cereal, like no milk. He thought that was the grossest thing in the world, putting, why would you put milk in? So he would sit there and eat a dry bowl of cereal. With a spoon or yeah. with his fingers? Yeah, yeah, yeah with yeah, a spoon. spoon. Okay. And, it, and he still does it. Still does it. That no, is unique. No milk in the cereal. I mean, that I just... <laughs> Just thinking about dry, it, yeah. especially depending on the cereal. I mean, could you imagine getting one of those fiber wheat brand puff things or something? Could you imagine <laughs> trying no... to trying to get that Ooh. down with no no milk or Weetabix? Yeah, yeah, that's what something I was thinking like of. Something like yeah. that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or shredded wheat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh. So yeah, that's not good. But the funny thing though is that all the we got nothing but adults calling in and confessing how weird they are, not weird kids. That that's something weird that uh, that my son did and still does. Hey, this is your guaranteed to put you in a good mood story of the day. Good news! You're going to love this miracle story that involves dogs. A little toddler named Thea wandered off from her backyard in Michigan. You can imagine her mom. She was frantic. no kidding. She called the police and a search was on. Thankfully, their two dogs followed the little girl and protected her. Mm. And she was finally found sleeping in the woods using their smaller dog as a pillow. (laughs) Her mom was thrilled. Uh, The little dog Harley was the pillow, and she was miles from home. I'm just running up and down the road, and we were driving up and down the road trying to search everywhere. I'm just panicking and thankful for the dogs being with her because she was still sleeping when he pulled up. Such sweet, loyal Mm. dogs. In fact, Buddy the Rottweiler barked for help. The other little miracle, in addition to this little girl being found safe, Thea had zero injuries, even though she walked three miles barefoot. Wow. If this was my daughter, I would have to nickname her Mowgli from Jungle Book. Because that's basically what happened, only instead of wolves, it was dogs. I wonder, though, did the dogs follow her or did she follow the dogs? It'd be interesting if they had like a ring cam. Uh, I think the dogs followed her, but yeah. It's a group effort. It's a good question. (laughs) Hey, this is specifically for you guys. Has your gut been telling you it's time to get a new job? Coming up, this may be the nudge you need to start looking. Have you noticed your husband isn't very happy at work? Guys, has your gut been telling you it's time to get another job? Well, this may be the nudge you need to start looking. They said that men in stressful work environments 
who also feel underappreciated are at a heightened risk for heart disease. Mm. This is according to brand new research. The findings say that that kind of workplace stress is just as harmful to a guy's health as obesity or even secondhand smoke. The biggest problem to your health is when you invest high effort into your work, but the payoff and salary recognition or job security just isn't there. Huh? I'd look for another job, but uh, like someone once told me, the next station you work at is going to be a gas station. So, (laughs) (laughs) So I think I'll stay put. You may not think of this as something dangerous, but did you know that inserting yourself into a situation and giving too much advice is very dangerous. We're going to talk about that next. I don't know if you, if people said, okay, what in life is dangerous? And you started to come up with a list, like, I don't know, crossing the street without looking both ways or whatever it is. I don't know that you would add this to the list, but it's very dangerous. Can I guess what it is? Tell a woman to just calm down. That's really dangerous. (laughs) Actually, what I was going to refer to is, is, uh, Inserting your inserting yourself into situations and giving way too much advice. Oh, so here's what oh, happened. Hello, friend of mine has this <laughs> adorable three year old, three or four year old. I think she's four now. Four year old daughter, mm-hmm. and her big brother who just turned six is on a football team in the little town that they live in, and so she decided to become a cheerleader. So you got a little tiny football player and a little tiny cheerleader all in one family. And um, the mom had some advice for the cheer squad leader. She's like, hey, you know, you could la la la. And what about this cheer? And how about this? Um, She is now the cheering coach. (laughs) Wait, wait, she stuck she replaced, her nose in. She replaced the woman? I think they needed one. So now she's running around like a maniac because her eight-year-old is on one team, mm-hmm. her five-year-old's on another team, her four-year-old coaches, and while, or she's coaching her four-year-old cheer squad, and while she's doing that, she's got a six-month-old in her arms. No kidding. So it is wow. game on, literally. No kidding. Yeah. What? So hopefully they don't have conflicting uh, snack duty like the cheese snack mom. Well, the for the both schedule teams. conflicted the other day, so grandparents had to take the older kid to his game. Wow, yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> so you were talking about uh, putting your nose into other people's business. Yeah, and then you end up being you, you're head of the PTA. You are the cheerleading coach, like because people go, "Hey, you you're so good at this. You have so many ideas." Mm-hmm. How about you take over? Yeah, that and, happened to me. I yeah. got I got him way over my head one time um, because my daughter daughters were in chorus, and the chorus director thought, "Oh, their dad's on the radio. He can be the guy that runs the um, he can run the audio, all the sound for us." Uh oh. And I'm like, no. All I know in this this room we call a studio is the on button for the microphone. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know anything else. That's the extent of my technical technical expertise. So they're like. Okay, so the soundboard's up there, and I thought, all right, I can, I've been around this enough, I can basically, I know what plugs into what, I know what turn on what, well, whoever rigged the soundboard in their little middle school sound room, uh-huh. had, I think they had like five different people working on it. So one guy would start, <laughs> another guy would pick up, another guy would pick up, it was a mess. Did you have feedback and the whole oh, deal? it was 
Like, Awful. <laughs> Finally got one microphone working. I was like, okay, you're going to have to use this when you walk out to make your little announcements. And then you're going to have to put it in the mic stand, but move the mic stand close enough to the kids so it actually picks them up, but not so close that it's only picking up one kid and not everybody. <laughs> so, yeah, wow. they, they did not ask me back for the... Really? That was, that was no. the fall choral presentation. <laughs> they did not ask me back for the Christmas spectacular. I'm not surprised. <laughs> they they made the right call, and no one was happier than me <laughs> to not have that pressure. Hey, do you have uh, many slang words in your vocabulary? Maybe more than you realize? They researched the most used slang words per age group. And for boomers, number one is bummer, followed by <laughs> mellow and wannabe. Gen X, it's chill, followed by lame and bummer. Millennials, the number one slang word is OMG, followed by chill and lame. And for Gen Z, uh, the number one slang word is selfie, followed by (laughs) OMG and ghosted. Now, there are also slang words that we wish would come back in style. Hmm. Boomers want to bring back far out and peace out. (laughs) Gen X wants to leave uh, revive right on and groovy. Millennials want to bring back cowabunga and talk to the hand. And finally, Gen Z wants to bring back YOLO, RAD, and what's up? (laughs) Am I wrong, but was chill the most, it went through like every generation except for Gen Z? Did everyone Uh, cite chill as as one except for Gen Z? Millennials was the one that they, they're the only ones that used chill. As the top three. Oh, I thought I heard Gen X and... and, Boomers and Gen X use bummer. Huh. Okay. Yeah. I thought chill, because I say chill all the time, and I'm not a millennial. What do you say? I want to chill? I don't think you should tell people to chill. Like, Trace would go, hey, what do you want to do tonight? I'm like, I I just want to chill. Yeah. Can we just chill? Because it's an all-encompassing word. It means means nothing. I I just want to watch TV. It's a vibe, not an activity. (laughs) Coming up, do you think you may be believing some parenting myths? As a mom or a dad, you're always looking for new ways to raise good humans, right? But could you accidentally be believing in some parenting myths? Oh, absolutely. How about this one? (laughs) Going from none... To one is harder than one to more, you know, as in kids. I totally believe that. That is false. Mm -mm. You have to learn to be a parent all over again when you go from one child to two. No, no. Number two. Hard to disagree with that one. Mm -mm. Number two, good parents are selfless. That's false. They're they're that's a martyr, not a parent. Of yeah, course, good parents grumble the entire time. Right? Often, uh, of course, often a child's needs have to come first. But parents who over prioritize their children's needs mm-hmm. neglect their own. Oh yeah, yeah and that can true. lead to resentment and unhappiness in your marriage relationship. I believe that. children thrive when their parents are happy. We totally have to talk about this parenting myths. Wow, there are a million of them. All right, so we would love to have you call and chime in on this. We're talking about parenting myths, and not only do I believe a lot of them, I think I made some of them up. (laughs) I think I'm the inventor of some of them. Give us a call. We're talking about something pretty interesting. If you're a parent, you can totally relate to this. Parenting myths. And Taylor had a whole list of stuff that are supposedly myths, but but aren't true. And the first one out of the gate, I disagreed with, saying that two uh, the, like having one, and one, once you have one, having two is no big deal. Um, here's I would expand on that because I, I would say uh, once you get over two kids, you are outnumbered. 
as the parents. That's mine and Tracy's experience. We have four kids. So once we got to number three, it was like game over for us. We were completely outnumbered and they could completely, you know, like fake their way through anything. And then when it got up to four, it was like (laughs) you're barely clinging to your sanity when you get up to that many kids. How your parents did it with five girls. Mm -hmm. Whew. And when my dad passed away, he still had his he still had a ton of hair. Ugh. He's I'll tell you what, he is in 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 heaven. There is a special place for dads of five daughters or more <laughs> in heaven. And he is there enjoying it. They're watching football. <laughs> yeah, right? Man, They're I doing, miss him. It's all guy stuff. It's like testosterone. Here's the testosterone section. It's for the guys that have had five five daughters. So that one I I think the more kids you have. Yeah, you're used to it, but at a certain point, you just get you get in a routine, and I don't want to say a rut, but you get into a you get into a system, and that's our life. Our system, our life is this system for the foreseeable future. Um, here's another here's a parenting myth that I don't believe, and I believe this with our first kid. I was like, you know what? We're gonna raise him to be so smart. We're gonna be reasonable, and we're gonna be logical with him, and he's gonna be the best behaved kid. Yeah, two terrible twos come along, all that goes out the window. You cannot use reason or logic with a two-year-old that just wants their Barney doll that you left at home, <laughs> right? You can't go like, we're going to be back in a half hour. It's totally cool. You're going to have it then, but I want it now. Um, and then here's the last myth, too, that, that we bought into. We're going to feed when our daughter, our, our first daughter came along, we're going to feed her nothing but organic food. And this was when getting organics was, was tough. You had to like drive to special farmers markets to get them. Tracy would get the organic food and she'd cook it and then puree it and put it in freezer cubes. And we found nothing but organic food. She is going to be the healthiest kid ever. By the time she was like two and a half, how many nuggets you want, honey? <laughs> the drive through. <laughs> There's a couple more myths that this is experts, obviously, not me. That experts say we all tend to believe when it comes to parenting. I'll have those yeah. for you in just a minute. All right. All right. We've got more myths coming up next. And we'd love to hear from you, too. We're talking about parenting myths. I used to always believe the one, if you cross your eyes, they'll stay that way. Oh, that's a mom or, myth, yeah. <laughs> or if you um, if you step on a crack, you'll break your mother's back. You really believe I that? I used to walk down the sidewalk avoiding all cracks. Yeah, and ironically, my mom to this day has really bad back problems. <laughs> but some other uh, parenting myths Maybe that... Maybe your sisters didn't get the memo. <laughs> experts say that uh, we all tend to fall for the two more for you. Stick to your ground and don't show weakness. That is false. With your kids? Um, yeah, hmm. they say that um, if you're inflexible, you're teaching your children to be rigid and inflexible. And the best way to be as a parent is real Real people make mistakes. Real people change their minds. Real real people have to apologize. So mm. that's the another myth. And then the last one, kids need to have a go at as many things as possible to found, find out what they like. Mm. That is false. It sounds good on paper, doesn't it? You know, give them a taste. Let them try everything while they're young. Yeah. But... If it can happen without stress, great. But often the child who's doing everything is overscheduled and under pressure. Yeah. And so is the whole family. You can go broke and quite literally drive yourself crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Driving to all of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. We've totally been there. The one thing that I wish that they would stop kids from having to bring home. And I know, I know it's the entry point to music for so many of them. That is the recorder. (laughs) Can we make that a myth? That that really does not weed out who's a musician and, and who's not? 
So, Kev, you and your wife, Tracy, are the only people I know who regularly go to Vegas because you love concerts so much. Yeah, we're going to the opening of the Sphere with you, too. Yeah, I mean, how many people are going to be able to say they were there the day the Sphere opened Mm -hmm. and saw the very first U2 concert? I wonder if you're going to want to, like, somehow get a souvenir, like, I don't know, (laughs) of... Yeah, a little, Tracy already like a little so piece of fabric from the think, carpet or something. What some, do you think the spending limit should be on like your U two T shirt and coffee mug? Yeah, and, <laughs> that's I funny. Think I'm She's be trying to rein you there. in already. Yeah, I'm going to be good with just being there. Well, I'll be okay. um, this is something you can try next. You can't do it this time. You go to Vegas, but the next time, I'm sure there's going to be a next time because there'll be another show. And I can hear you with your wife, Tracy. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on! I'm going to be so fun. It'll be so fun. And so next time you're there, the Fountain Blue Las Vegas is going to be open. Okay. And um, they have 36 restaurants. Wow. And there's one that's a a cut above the rest. You can order a $1,000 Wagyu tomahawk steak. Oh, yeah. I'll be doing that. And it's brought to you in a rhinestone crusted beef case. (laughs) And get this, here you are, you're spending all this money on a steak. Yeah. I don't think any introvert would ever order it because Because? you will be introduced to your raw steak with a presentation that includes strobe lights, an entrance (laughs) song, and a branding of the steak. A Cirque du Soleil performer will descend from... From above. Hey, for $1,000, they better. <laughs> right. I'm not going to pay $1,000 for steak that's not even cooked. No, yeah, that, I'm so naive when it comes to fancy food. That's not the Las Vegas that Tracy and I know. <laughs> Just put it that way. And the, yeah, the irony of that whole thing is we don't gamble. We don't drink. There's like not that. There's the, we go to see the shows and, and that's, and we'll go out and we'll have, we'll have one fancy meal and that'll, that'll be, it ain't going to be $1,000. <laughs> fancy for us is like, Wow, these entrees are $45 each. Can you believe it? $1,000 for one steak? Who does that? Have you ever had something super important fall in the toilet? (laughs) Coming up, check out what happened to this lady. Have you ever had something super important fall into the toilet? Check out what happened to this lady. Uh, Maybe, you know, maybe your phone fell. Well, a woman in Michigan was in an outhouse when she dropped her Apple Watch into the toilet. Not sure why she took it off. Wait till you hear what happened next. She got down in the toilet to save her watch. No. But she got stuck and someone had to call the police. They had to hoist her out to safety. They had to take the whole toilet apart. And Kev, do you think she saved the watch? No. She did. Oh, way to go. The watch is okay. But now police have had to issue a reminder. Please do not crawl down into toilets to retrieve items. (laughs) (laughs) Here's something funny. The the mix of outhouse and Apple Watch is really funny. It's like she's got the the latest technology on her wrist using a bathroom from the 1890s. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so everybody has to put their own little mark on their wedding ceremony. It has to be different. It has to be unique. You want people to be like, oh, that was creative. Hmm. And there's one I've never heard of before. A bride asked all the wedding guests to wear blindfolds when she walked down the aisle. I'll tell you why. What? What's going on next? <laughs> All right. So uh, my curiosity is beyond peaked. Why did a bride ask everyone at the wedding 
to be blindfolded while she walked down the aisle. Yeah, when I saw this headline, Blind Bride Asks Wedding Guests to Wear Blindfolds as she walks down the aisle, I was like, what? I'm like, Because she's blind. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, she is blind. And I, I thought maybe... That her, she just wanted, you know, only her husband to see her first. But then when I found out she was blind, I'm mm. like, oh, I get it. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just really cool story. Her name is Lucy and she happens to have fiery red hair, just like Lucille Ball. Mm. And she lives in England, in Birmingham, and she lost her sight 10 years ago. And since in the last 10 years, she's had to learn to use her senses, like her sense of touch to help navigate the world. So mm. she decided uh, to share her journey of becoming a blind person late in life, you know, later in life, yeah, like yeah, not yeah. a childhood blindness or born with blindness uh, with the world. Like how you walk up a flight of stairs with a cup of tea and you can't see mm. what you're carrying. And so she thought it would be really cool to have the the guests carry the uh, to, to experience the wedding just like she's experiencing it. And her her fiance, Ollie, said, I'm going to do it, too. And they have little masks on like they're on an airplane, like little huh. sleep masks. No kidding. And so when she gets to the end of the aisle, her dad kept a mask off. He had to be able to guide her down the aisle safely. Um, and her dad hands her hand into Ollie's hand and then he hugs her. And she said, I want you to realize why I picked this dress. And it's got all these beautiful texture beads on it. And he's the the emotion on his face rivals any romantic movie, mm. and it's got over six million views on her TikTok account. Wow. It's just absolutely the sweetest moment. That is that is, but and I'm so glad that everybody went along too. Yeah, everyone been like, no, we don't want to miss right. it. I saw something similar on a, a very popular TV show did something like that recently, where they had you, the viewer, experience something. As someone who has to live life differently. I'll tell you about that next. So that was a great story of a bride who uh, she became blind as an adult. And on her wedding day, wanted the guests to experience it like she did and mm-hmm. learn more about her life from from that experience. And that, I think it's great that everybody went along with it. And what a memorable experience that was. And there, there's a show that's uh, that's really popular. You've heard of it called uh, 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 Welcome to Wrexham. It's with Ryan Reynolds. Only because you've told me about it. Ryan the Reynolds soccer and, show. And the, the other guy from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. They bought this struggling soccer team in Wrexham, Wales. Um, and the sh- it's soccer is the backdrop for learning about this country and the people there in a town that was once this big steel town and is now you know, like all the industry is left. And to go along with the kind of downtrodden people, they have this downtrodden soccer team. And and it's about all the, the city being rejuvenated mm-hmm. through them buying the team. And it's been a, it's a really cool story to see. There's there's a couple of things in it that'll make you go, mm, but you know, that's that's just it seems like it's life nowadays. But anyhow, they did a very cool episode uh that my wife and I just watched last night. And it was where they focused on the people who are fans of their team who have special needs, oh, including cool. one of the player's sons has autism. And there's a, a young woman who's 19 and she's autistic. And they told her story through her and her mom telling telling the story. And her mom got very emotional talking about it. And I, I just can't imagine if you're a, a parent who has a child that's similar to this. Boy, you you are just so heroic. She said she's 19 years old and she has never once said, I love you. And we have never once hugged her. Aww. She doesn't like it. It's something that triggers her it's and she so doesn't hard. like it. And she said, we know she does. And we, we would do anything for her. So the love is there. It's just not expressed. 
Um, and they showed her story. They they showed her like greeting the players. The players all love her. She makes like little signs for them and stuff for the games. But then during the games, uh, she sits in. I think they call it the quiet area. Mm-hmm. They have a whole section, yeah, just for people who need you know their sensory overload or whatever. They need it to be quiet. So they showed highlights of the game. Like they showed her putting her headphones on, mm-hmm. uh, noise canceling headphones. And when she did, all of a sudden the roar of the crowd went away. Oh, that's neat to and do it that way. That's yeah. how they showed like the next 90 seconds of game highlights. You heard it very, very faintly, like the roar that's of the cool. crowd. So you could experience it. And it, and it for someone like me, that's, I've never had someone in my family that's dealt with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it was very enlightening. It was very, uh, it was really cool to see them showing like, hey, this is what, this is what people who have that, this is what they go through. 